1: amen amen can we give God some praise in this place I know it's a. you could be seated for a moment and my name is Jacob and one of the pastors here I want to welcome all those tuning in online on Friday night come on can we welcome those tuning in on Friday night in fact turn to the person next to you and tell them I can't believe you showed up to church on Friday you know what you know how many movies have come out tonight you know what you know what's happening in basketballs tonight? And you, you are here. And so, uh, so um, you know, it's not, it's not a, a good Friday as, as to the eye, but to the heart it is, right? You know, I think about then in that moment what that Friday was like for Jesus and for his disciples and for all the people watching. It, it was not a good Friday to the eye, but to the heart and to the believers then thereafter, to the believers now, it, it, was, it was good. Because the, no doubt there was a lot of wickedness, but, but there was hope. And how many thankful that we have hope in Jesus? How many thankful that there is a living hope in Jesus? And, and uh, you know, I think it was Warren Wiersbe who said that the death and the trial of Jesus revealed the wicked heart of man, but the gracious heart of God. And what, what I want to do is I want to read out of Luke chapter 23, if you have your Bibles, I want to read kind of where we picked off from this past Sunday and... You know, my dad did a, uh, a great job talking about, he mentioned briefly about Simon from Cyrene. You know, the man who helped uh, pick up the cross. And that was in, uh, this is in Luke chapter 23. And I am going to start in verse 33. Jesus is led to, to this place called the Skull or called Calvary. And he's alongside two other criminals who are going to be crucified with him. So this is, this is verse 33. Read with me. In fact, you can stand one more time, if that's all right. I promise you, I won't, be, I won't be long. This won't be a very long service. It said, when they came to the place called the Skull or Calvary, there they crucified him, along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. And Jesus said, "Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing." And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They laughed at him. They said, "He saved others; let him save himself." If He is the Christ of God, the chosen one. And then the soldiers also came up and mocked him. And they offered him wine, vinegar, and said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal, come on, somebody say, but the other criminal, but the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said to the one who's insulting Jesus. Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. And then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered, I'll tell you the truth. Today, somebody say today. Today you will be with me in paradise. It was now about the sixth hour. This is verse 44. And now about the sixth hour. And darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour for the sun stopped shining and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And when he said this, he breathed his last. You could be seated. You know, there's no doubt this was, wasn't being forced upon Jesus. In fact, it, you know, scripture is very clear that they weren't in control of what was going on. Jesus was in control. You know, let me, let me just share a, a passage with you. This is from John chapter 10. It says, the reason my father loves me is that I lay my life down only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have the authority. Somebody say he has the authority. I have the authority, Jesus says, to lay it down and the authority to take it up again. This command I receive from my father. So, so to enforce this on somebody, which was common then and there, would be terrible, horrible. But to choose it would be remarkable. To choose that death so that everybody else could have life would be, would be remarkable. And this is, this is what's... This is what's taking place. We're leading an innocent man to the cross, and here Jesus is dying on the cross. And, and what does he say? He says, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Why would he say that? Out of all his responses, why would that be his response? Well, number one, because he, he was a man who practiced what he preached. In Luke chapter 6, he said, love your enemies. Come on, somebody say Love love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who mistreat you. So this is what he's doing. But it was also prophesied. There's a passage in Isaiah. Go ahead and throw it up. Isaiah 53. It says, therefore, I will give him a, I can't read that. Oh no. Oh no. I'm getting old. Oh no. I got to get some glasses on. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the greats and he will divide the spoils with the strong because he poured out his life unto death. He he gave it all. Gave it all. And was numbered with the transgressors. Remember, there there was two other criminals. He was one of three. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. He made intercession for the transgressors. He was praying for the mob to put him on the tree. Father, I'm so thankful that you showed us how to not condemn our transgressors, but to pray for them. How many thankful for the forgiveness of God when you choose to condemn? Come on, how many thankful for the forgiveness of God when you chose to condemn? So God, give us the courage to forgive and to not condemn. Amen. So what I want to do in the brief moments that we have is I want to look through this text again. I want to kind of pick, up, pick it apart a little bit. I want to look at a few individuals and a few groups of people. And I wanna notice and focus on their response to what's happening. And I want you to ask this question. And here's the, if you're taking any notes, I'm gonna ask a couple questions, but here's the title I wanna give you. Which one are you? Which one are you? I'm gonna pick apart some groups, some individuals, and I want you to notice what they do or what they don't do, what they say or what they don't say. So the question again is, which one are you? Let's pray one more time. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. Thank you that we can read it and learn from it and grow from it. Thank you that we can um, we, we can be changed by it. And I can't imagine what it was like for you, an innocent man, to be accused of doing nothing, to be lied to, to be lied upon, to be thrown out, and to be crucified. And then for the response of your people that you're dying for, God, so I thank you for showing us and setting the greatest example of what it looks like to pray for your transgressors. In Jesus' name. Everybody say it one more time. Amen, amen, amen. amen. You know, I always, I always wondered growing up what it would be like to be a teacher. we have any teachers, teachers in the house? I always wondered what it would be like to be a teacher. And you know what my response was? I'm going to be way better and cooler than the one that I have. <laughs> but the truth is, when you get there, when you, when you are at that place, you, you find out that you actually are becoming what you thought you wouldn't become. Because how many know it's easier looking from the outside in? It's easier to judge somebody when they're in a position that you think you do a way better job at until you get into that position and you're like, man, I'm doing just as bad as they were. And I think about this whole scene here on, on Skull or on Golgotha or on Calvary, I think about what what the people are saying, what the people are doing, what their response is. And I'm I'm just curious to think what you would do because I gotta be honest, for me right now in this moment, man, I'd be like Peter pre-denial with the the knife in my hand, cutting off a soldier's ear, don't touch my Jesus. Or maybe you'd be the Simon who's like, I could carry this cross for you. I know he was forced, but maybe you you could be like, "I, I carry that cross for you, Jesus. Or perhaps you'd be in the audience saying, This is this isn't right. And you'd run to that cross to try and take Jesus. I just wonder what you would do. But again, we have to put ourselves in that position. And so let's look through a couple of these individuals, a couple of these groups of people, and I want us to ask ourselves, which, which one are we? And when it comes to the things of God, which one are, which one are we? So look with me in verse 35 of Luke 23. It says, The, the people stood watching. Somebody say, watching. And here's the question I want you to ask yourself. Am I an observer? As I, as I read this, out, I wonder who the people are. Who, who are these people who are watching? You know, we know there's, there's chief priests there. There's rulers. We know there's, there's soldiers. But, but who, 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 who else is there? You know, it's interesting because the, the, the Romans would, they would crucify people right alongside the main roads. Why? So when people would walk by, they would see who they would become and what would happen to them if they were to, to rise up against the Roman Empire. And so they did it on the, the main roads. They didn't do it in secret. Why do we always see this cross on a hillside so everybody could see and not be like those people? In John John 19, it tells us that Jesus' mother was there, that her sisters were there. Two other Marys, there's a lot of Marys, but two other Marys were there, but but, but men, I can ask you the question, where were the men at? The women were there. Come on, ladies, the, the, the women were there. In fact, John says he was there himself. Maybe he was just writing this, so he put himself there. But John said he was there. But where were the other 11 disciples? Well, we know where Judas was, or where he wasn't. So where were the other 10? Why weren't they present at the crucifixion of our of our savior, of their their leader. And I just wonder, and I would ask yourself this, and I'd ask myself this, have I been present or, or am I just absent to the things of God? I- am I just an observer who's just kind of watching or I- am I not even an observer because I've been hiding? Because we- as soon as things get spiritual, as soon as things, the conversation gets theological, well, I-, I-, I don't wanna talk about that. And so I kind of distance myself. In fact. I'm not even one to bring up anything that's spiritual because I don't want to offend anybody or I don't want to put out there the lack of knowledge that I have or I just simply don't want to be associated with Jesus. I mean, we know Peter's last few moments before the cross, he he didn't want to be associated with Jesus. Peter was one of the men who who, who were in charge of all these disciples at sea. He was like the the ringleader. And so maybe they just followed Peter, but they, they weren't even... They weren't even present. And I think, church, I think we do a really good job at just watching. Come on, in fact, tell the person next to you, you do a great job at watching. You do a really good job. When the worship is happening, you just watch. When the sermon is preaching, you just watch. And you're partially judging. (laughs) There's a little bit of judgment in there, I know. And when things are happening, when God is doing miracles, you're just... You're just watching. You got some binoculars out because you're at a distance because you don't want to get too close. But I wonder what it would look like if we started being. I wonder what it would look like if we started partaking. I wonder, my friend told me this the other day. He went to a concert with his wife, a Christian concert. You ever been to a Christian concert? Come on, I mean, it just, whoo, it's like you get back, you're like, why can't we do that at church? Why doesn't my church sound like that? Why don't people worship like that? You know, we need to, come on, Jacob, we need to start some revival in the church, um, you know? And uh, so he was taking her to a Christian concert and, and she wasn't like, you know, she wasn't like all about it. She's like, I won't to go to a Christian concert. That's what she said. And he told me, he said, it was amazing because my wife got to watch all of these people worship and their hands raising. And she started crying. And I was like, man, I wish she would have been one of those as well. She was just observing. That's all she was doing. She was just observing. She wasn't singing. She was just watching. And I wonder if we've done a really good job at watching. But I wonder what it would look like if we began to step in. Somebody say step in. What would it look like if we were willing to step into the things of God? Maybe we would be the Simon who would carry the cross. Maybe we would be the Joseph as we sang about who, by the way, Joseph, who was a member of the council, he didn't really agree with what was going on, but John actually tells us that he was a secret disciple. Man, well, imagine that title. I'm a secret Christian. I wouldn't say you're a Christian at all then. So, so Joseph, but apparently he does something right here because he steps in and he takes Jesus off the cross and he puts him in his personal tomb that nobody has laid before. So I wonder what it would look like if we stepped in. Perhaps we've just been an observer We've been the one who have just observed, we've just just watched. And I know some of them, we got to give them the benefit of the doubt because they couldn't really do nothing, but they watched. And then it goes on to say something about the rulers. This is in verse 35 still. It says, and the rulers even sneered. Somebody say sneered. I had had to look at the definition of that word sneered. I was like, what is the word? We'll just say, you know, somebody smiling or smirking or laughing. These are the ones who did this. They were the ones who were shouting to crucify Jesus. And now they're laughing at Jesus. So here's my question. Question number two, am I an accomplice? Am I an accomplice? They, they knew what was happening. They knew what was being done. Heck, they even helped make it happen. And the, the dying body of our Savior is hanging on that tree. And here they are laughing and patting themselves on the back saying, well done. Come on, well done. We, we did this. <laughs> we did this to you, Jesus. It goes on to say that, you know, that this is what they said to Jesus. You saved others. You could save yourself. If you're really God's Messiah and the chosen one, then Jesus, you could really save Yourself. Can, can I tell you that Jesus was not honored on that tree? He wasn't honored on that tree. I mean, just think for a moment about your worst enemies. No compassion. You know, I don't really like them and they really deserve that, but this is a little too much. None of that. They just laughed at him and Jesus said, I forgive you patting themselves on the back, saying, we did this. Jesus said, I still forgive you. I wonder if we have become and joined in to the laughing and the sneering when it comes to the things of God, when the jokes are made about church, about Christianity, about Jesus. We just kind of chime in and say, "That, that was pretty funny. When the criticism takes place, when the condemning of the church believers, we kind of just join in. Or when the pastors fall or the churches crumble, we just, we just laugh and say, they probably deserved it. If they were really spiritual, they could have saved themselves from all this. But you know what? They deserve this. So, um, so we're just going la- to laugh at that. And to think that it wasn't the criminals, it wasn't the thugs, it was the righteous people. It was the religious people. It was those who, who, who knew this thing. They they were the ones, they were the accomplices, they were the, the righteous people, not the thugs, not the criminals, it was the rulers. Have you joined in with them at times? Are you that individual? Are you that person? But look also, it says the soldiers joined in. This is verse 36. It says, the soldiers also came up and mocked him. Somebody say mocked. They offered him wine vinegar and they said, if you are the king of the Jews, then save yourself. My third question for you is, we have to ask ourselves, is have I joined those mocking? I want you to remember that the soldiers were just doing what they were told. They were being commanded to do this. What was their job? To carry out the crucifixion and to execute the criminal. It didn't matter who it was. It didn't matter if it was Jesus. They didn't care. They were just doing their job. You would assume they, they wouldn't have maybe chimed in and, made jokes or laugh but oh but but they did in fact it's in a it's in john who records them twisting a crown of thorns and putting it on his head giving him a purple robe and even shouting all hail king of the jews you see it was the religious leaders who put him up there and uh, they were laughing because they put him up there but it was the soldiers who were laughing because they just thought it was funny Who's this king trying to come in here, trying to take over, trying to, trying to build a different empire, trying to take over and then, you know, overthrow the Roman Empire? Who is this king? Look at, look at this man on the cross. And so they just, they just joined in. They, they figured they'd just hop, hop on in with what everybody was doing, with what everybody was saying. It was just like, might as well. Let's have some fun. You know, there's a fine line between... Joking around and joining in the mockery of Jesus and joining in the the belittlement of Jesus. Joining in when people are taking things a a little too far. You know when somebody says, I got a Christian joke? I'm like, oh, let's go. And then it's a a little too far. I'm like, yo, I'm going to get away from you because I don't want to get struck by lightning. (laughs) There's got to be, the the soldiers could have just done their job. There would have been a piece of the puzzle that was, you know that God was writing in to bring his son who would redeem the entire world but they join in the mockery because everybody else was but it wasn't just them it was the criminals as well how many criminals were there on the cross next to Jesus two look with me in verse 39 i want to share just these two more people and then we're going to we're going to take communion together it's going to be a little different than we usually take it in Luke 23 verse 39 it says one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him he said aren't you the messiah it seems like everybody's asking him probably what they already know aren't you the messiah save yourself and save us you see the criminals joined in the insulting they joined in the mocking because everybody else was in Matthew 27 verse 39 it says that the people who were passing by they figured they just join in it was like everybody was hurling insults at Jesus. And again, I asked the question where are the disciples? Where are the faith believers? Where are the Jesus followers? Where were they? Were they hiding? They didn't want people to know. They wanted people to know that they were associated with the man who was being laughed at. And so the, so the people were insulting. The religious leaders were insulting. And so now you have two criminals who were assaulting Jesus as well. It's interesting how, and here's the fourth question I'll ask you. Have I joined those insulting? Have I joined them? If I go back on my life and think about some of the moments where I could have said something, but I didn't. I could have stepped in, but I didn't. I could have changed the conversation, but, but I didn't. Again, I was too afraid. I didn't, I didn't want to. And so I kind of just chimed in. And I was like one of these criminals who maybe, one of them, I believe, knew who Jesus was, but the other one didn't, maybe didn't know. And he's like, if they're saying it and you're saying it, then I might as well say it. This is what happened between the, with the crowd before Pilots. you know, the religious leaders, they were only shouting crucify him because the religious leaders were, were egging them to do so. They started chanting it. Come on, if we could all get people to chant this. It reminds me of that sports game when people try to do the wave, you know what I'm talking about? When somebody's like, let's do the wave. And I'm like, there's a million, well, it looks like there's a million people here. Good luck. <laughs> and I was at a, what were you with mean, We were at a Dolphins game and one, one dude was just, bless his soul, but he was trying. And he just could not do it, and he was just. But there are a few who are really crazy out there that can just that just get the whole crowd riled up, and then that wave gets rolling, and it's like the greatest thing. And I just imagine the the chief priest, were in that crowd trying to cause a wave to happen. Come on, do it again, crucify him. Come on, do it again, crucify him. Come on, I need some other people. Come on, I need some more rulers over here. Come on, one, two, three, crucify him come on, crucify him on three. One, two, three. Cru- you know, I just felt that's what was going on, and so, you know what, they were doing it, and when I'm at the game, you know, I'm like, I don't want to do it, whoa, okay, I might as well do it, you know, I'm like, again, bro, it's the 13th time, woo, you know, I'm just, I'm all in, because everybody else is, is doing it, everybody's driving 80 miles faster, or faster on the highways, I tell my wife, I got to drive 80 miles an hour. Everybody's doing it. I can't be the slow guy on the highway. And uh, this, this, is what, this is what's taking place. You notice that, you know, Matthew records both of the uh, criminals chanting and hurling insults. But I thought one defended him. No, it says both of them were heaping insults. This is Matthew 27, 44. Both heaped insults on Jesus. And, and I just wonder if, if our conversation looks a lot like everybody else's. If our conversation is full of insults, full of mockery, full of cutting down people, you know what Colossians chapter 4 verse 6 says? Let your conversation be full of grace and seasoned with salt. Come on, anybody love salt? I wonder what it would look like if your conversations were seasoned just as much as you season your food with salt. I wonder what it would look like. Some of you are like, I don't do salt. You're lying. Because we all do salt. And when there's salt on my food, I pour a little bit more salt. So I just wonder what it would look like if our conversations had the same amount of salt as our food had in it. Let my conversation be full of grace. Let my conversations be f- seasoned with salt i wonder what would change about our conversations i wonder what would change about our insulting i bet you it would leave because when you start talking positivity when you start talking spiritual all the negativity seems to leave right in fact the enemy tries to bring it on you you're like god all of a sudden i woke up and i started preaching scripture of my life today is the day the lord has made i rejoice and be glad in it his mercies are new for morning and then i wake up and i got a flat tire I wake up, my neighbor's mad at me. I wake up and people are honking their horn at me. And I'm thinking, come on, no, come on, let the praises of God remain on your lips. Let the conversation still be wholesome. Let him be seasoned with salt. Let him be full of grace. Don't allow the enemy to change how you speak. Don't allow the negativity to influence your spirituality. Don't, don't allow it. Come on, say, not today, Satan, turn to the person next to you. Don't call him Satan. Just say, not today. Not today. My conversation isn't going to be insulting. I'm not going to buy into what everybody else is saying. You got both criminals who were hurling insults at Jesus. But there was one. Oh, there was one amongst the crowd who had a different tone in his voice, who seemed to have a different objective. He seemed to have something different in his mind, and that was the other criminal. Remember, both criminals were hurling insults at Jesus. But at some point while on that cross, one of them switched sides. This is a verse 40 of Luke 23. It says, but the other criminal, somebody say the other criminal. He rebuked the one who was hurling insults at Jesus. And he said, don't you fear God? Wait a minute. You were just insulting Jesus. What, what are you talking about? Don't you fear God? You don't have the right to tell me that. You didn't want to show up to church either. Why are you telling me to show up to church? (laughs) You need to go to church every day. You don't even go to church every day. Why are you telling me to go to church? Don't you fear God? Since we are under the same sentence, verse 41, we are punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man, you know, he, he probably couldn't really point. They say when you, they say that the, the, the Romans are really good at, at drilling that nail into a nerve in your hand that caused your, your hands to, your fists to clench. And so he probably was nodded. He's like, he's like, we deserve this, but, but this man over here, I don't know if he was the one on the right or the one on the left, but this man, Jesus, it goes on to say that he has done nothing wrong. And then in verse 42, he said, "Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom." And Jesus answered, "Truly, I tell you, today you will be, be with me in paradise." And so my fifth question for you is, we need to ask ourselves is, have I started defending? Have I started defending Jesus? When it comes to the things of God, have I, have I stood up? Maybe you were once against God, the things of God. Maybe you still kind of are, you're like, I'm not really sure about this whole Jesus thing. In fact, I kind of, I don't even really like it. I'm just here because somebody invited me. I'm just watching it online because I accidentally clicked it. I don't really care about the things I've got. Maybe that was you once, but now you've changed. You had a divine intervention like Saul did on the road to Damascus. When Jesus came and blinded him, changed his name to Paul. Maybe you had that moment where you were once hurling insults at Jesus. You were talking bad about things about Jesus. You were... You were hating on Christians who love Jesus. You were like sick and tired of these Jesus freak people. Maybe that was you, but that's not you anymore. Come on, anybody thankful that that's not you anymore? I don't do that. I used to make fun of the cross. I used to laugh at the cross, but now I carry the cross. I have reverence for the cross. I have respect for the church. Maybe I'm speaking to somebody today. Church has always been a joke to you. It kind of still is. they always wanting our money. They always just want me to serve. I'm tired of opening up doors. I'm tired of stacking chairs. That's not my purpose. That never was your purpose. Your purpose was to serve God. That may be an assignment. Come on. That may be an assignment. God may has called you to hold, hold the door, to, to open up or to to. Change a camera? Wow, man, You know what I'm saying. Uh, to stack some chairs? Come on! Impress some of the ladies by how many chairs you can stack in Jesus' name? Come on! That may be your assignment, but that, that is not your purpose. So, so you once didn't care, but now you do. You once hurled insults, but, but now you don't. You're fighting for the things of God. You know you, you deserve to be on that cross. It's you who deserves to be up there. And here this criminal is here. He's saying, I did this to myself. Nobody else did this to me. I'm here now. You're here now. And and I've asked this question, which one are you? And the truth is you're all of them. But you can be one. Because you've watched. You've been an accomplice. At times you've done the, the mockery You've done the insulting. But now is the time to start defending. Come on, now is the time to start defending. It was then that you saw an innocent man on a cross. Then in that moment when you realize, you see something changed with this man. I don't know what it was, but I like to think that this man already knew who Jesus was. I don't think he necessarily accepted him or believed in him or followed him. Maybe he was... A secret disciple who didn't really want to acknowledge. He thought he was following some God, but he really wasn't. And here he is on that cross. Something changed between the insults and now the question that he has the audacity to ask. An outrageous question. A question that why would he even consider? What would give him the right to ask? A question so inappropriate, so shocking. But a question that was only asked because there was belief in him. Because he believed. He said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. But Jesus, I'm unworthy. I don't deserve your forgiveness. And so he didn't ask for his forgiveness. He just asks to be remembered. Hey, I don't need you to accept me. I don't need you to forgive me. I earned this. But just, just remember me. The defender, the criminal who insulted is now, or was insulting, is now defending. Did Jesus need it? Of course he didn't, but the criminal did. The criminal did. Come on, you and I did. And he would soon find out that the one that he was defending would be the one who was giving him the ticket into the same kingdom that Jesus was entering into. So my question is, have you been defending have you stood up for him? Have you had the courage to say, you know what? Uh, Jesus, all jokes aside, when when the insulting is happening, when the mocking is happening, I'm going to fight to remain. When it's when it's lonely because the path to righteousness is narrow and only few will take it, when it's lonely, I will stand, and I will stand proudly and say, enough is enough. Enough is enough. I'm done mocking, I'm done insulting, I'm done laughing, I'm done sneering, and I'm going to start defending the name of Jesus today. Come on, I'm going to start defending what Jesus did and what he did for me and what he did for you. I'm going to defend. No, no, no more. And so there there was one who defended. There was one who believed. Now, we know that there was others in the crowd, like Mary and her sisters and John and maybe some other disciples that were appearing from a distance with some binoculars. And we know they believed. But here was a criminal who was owed this death. And here he is asking an outrageous question. Jesus, would you remember me? And Jesus said, of course. I will. And you'll be with me. You know, when I die and ex- exhale here on earth and inhale in heaven. Come on. How many are you ready to, ready to inhale in heaven? Come on. Jesus. I hope that Jesus looks at me and he says, welcome home, Jacob. I, cho- I knew you before you were in the womb. I chose you. I appointed you. I saved you. I gave you purpose. I gave you a- assignments. Well done. You defended me. You stuck up for me. You didn't give up on me. I hope and pray that that's you as well. That we would be the ones who would defend. We would be the ones who would fight for. We would be the ones who understand that we have a place in the kingdom of heaven. If you're a believer today, if you're a believer watching it online, you have a place in the kingdom of heaven. There is hope for you. And there is hope for so many others who are so far gone. And there is a living hope that can save them and change them. You know, there was was one others, and I'll close with this, that I didn't mention because these were all groups of individuals who um, were, were responding before Jesus took his last breath. But there was somebody else in the crowd, a centurion. He was overseeing all the soldiers. And he saw what was going on. He was in command. And at the last breath of Jesus, when the ground began to shake, when everything began to tear, he started praising God and he said, Surely this was the Son of God. And I, and I just wonder if there are people who are just, they're just, they're ready. Their heart is ready. But they haven't seen it yet. And they will. They will. we pray they will. And they will see. And their heart would be moved to believe. Amen. Which one are you? I want to be a defender. Anybody want to be a defender of Jesus? I want to be the one that says, Jesus, remember me in your kingdom. Come on. In just a moment, we're going to uh, break into communion and worship. We're going to do this a little bit different. But... um. You know, I was listening to a sermon yesterday. It was a Good Friday sermon in, in Australia. So it was yesterday, which was Thursday. I'm listening to a Good Friday message on Thursday. But it was, good. It was Friday there in Australia. And he, uh, the guy who was speaking, I'm not familiar with his name, but he was talking about um, the excruciating pain that his body went through. And if you're watching online, I want to encourage you to grab some bread and crackers and some juice and take this with us. But, you know, as we think about his body that was beaten, was bruised, I mean, we, we watched it this Sunday. If you were here this Sunday, we saw some of that. That's hard to watch. That's hard to see. But he was, he was explaining what went down, you know, as they, as, they, as they would beat his back and open up his flesh. You know, before they put him on a cross, they'd throw him in the dirt and all the dirt's getting on his back and then they'd nail him to the tree and then they'd lift it up. And the, and the only way to breathe would be to, to lift yourself so just imagine all the, the wounds and the, f- the openings of the flesh and the blood just going up and down on that, that cross. That, that's, the, that's the body that was broken and bruised and whipped and beaten for you and me. And so in just a moment, when we take communion, that's what, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm remembering when I'm eating that bread. That's what Jesus told his disciples before this all even happened in the Last Supper. And then the blood that I, that I just, you know, it says that he wasn't even recognizable because of the beaten and the blood all over his body. That blood was spilled for you and for me. That we would have an opportunity to step into a relationship with Jesus. No more, no more animal sacrifices because Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice. And so that's what we drink to, that's what we eat to. And so just a moment, we're going to take communion together. We're going to worship, and uh, we're going to do this a little bit differently. The team's going to start singing, and we're going to let you take as much time as you need. And 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 the Bible's clear to, to prepare your hearts before you do this. If you don't feel comfortable, if you don't, you know, you're not you're not sure, if you're not a believer, um, I'll be up here, and you're saying, "Hey, I think I need to step into a relationship with Jesus," or before I do this, I need some I need some prayer. I'll make myself available. My dad will make himself available up here in this in this altar. But if you wanna worship, you wanna pray it at your chair and just take a minute, take a couple minutes to prepare your hearts. We've got two tables up front and we got a table in the back. And at any point for the next five, six minutes, when you feel like you're ready, you come on up. I'll have our team kind of prepare it, but they won't serve it to you, you will serve yourself. Is that okay? Change it up a little bit. We'll let you kind of make that decision when you wanna go up and, and how much longer you wanna worship and then uh, my dad will close the service. Man, I'm so thankful for what Jesus did on the cross, amen. So could you just stand to your feet and as I lead us into this and feel free to kneel back down or sit back down if you want to. You don't have to come right away. But when you feel like it's time, when when you think you've gotten right with the Lord, I'm gonna ask you to come. We have a table in the back. If you wanna go back there, Two tables up in the front. Father, thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you did. Thank you for what you're still doing. God, we are so grateful. We are so grateful that my sin that you took and bore on the cross would allow me to walk in forgiveness and have a chance to receive the free gift that you're offering. To be welcome into the kingdom that you're going into, as the criminal said on the cross, "Remember me." Lord, I pray if there's anybody in this room, anybody watching online that does not know who you are, they've never accepted you, that today would be the day. They wouldn't wait till next week. They wouldn't wait even till this Sunday if they're showing up for Easter. That they wouldn't wait, but it would be tonight. Our days are numbered. We do not know when we will be gone. We do not know when our our breath will be done. So, Father, is anybody in this room? That you're tugging on their heart, saying, "Today's the day you need to get right with me. Today's the day you need to accept me. Today's the day where you need to recognize me as your savior, and to repent of their sins and to begin to change how they live and how they walk." Lord, would that happen? And God, as we as we take communion together as a family, and those watching and online, God, would you be honored and glorified? For you are worthy, Jesus. Come on, just tell them, you are worthy, God. You are worthy. You are holy, set apart. In Jesus' name, we pray. Let's worship. And when you're ready, let's take communion.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. If this has blessed you, would you consider giving a financial gift to help bring this message to more people? You can do that at vlcministries.com slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast with your friends and family. Here's what we believe, living God's way, everywhere, every way, every day. We love you and God bless.